Aren't you glad that uh, we have a Heavenly Father that knows us, knows where we're at, knows everything about us? Because there's nothing we face or go through that we have to go through alone. Amen. All right, kids can go to Sunday school this time. Get your Bibles this morning. Go ahead and open them up to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, we'll uh, just read one verse here, verse 8. The context of this is uh, Christ, He's he's risen from the dead. He's uh, made Himself uh, evident to followers and disciples and many people after His resurrection. He's about ready to ascend into heaven and He uh, commissions... Uh, his, his disciples here, in verse 8 of Acts chapter 1, it says, But ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, and in Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. He says here that uh, that we are to be, or we are going to be, the disciples are going to be witnesses of Christ. And uh, what is a witness? A witness is someone that, uh, if someone was to take a witness stand or beyond the witness stand, they would uh, just simply say what they saw, right? They would say what they've experienced and what they, what they, uh, their personal testimony. And that's what uh, he said to the disciples that they were to do is they were to be witnesses of him, what they saw, Christ's life and his death and his burial and, of course, his resurrection and even his ascension that was about to happen. And the disciples, just this small group of folks, uh, took that commission seriously. And they, after receiving the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit, we know on the day of Pentecost, began to preach Jesus Christ and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ with power. Uh, the gospel message and Christianity from that point began to spread, and that's what you know we are here today. Uh, uh, worship in the name of Christ, and we have the scripture and we have the word of God because a group of people obeyed that command. They obeyed that command and they went. And they witnessed, and they they did that ever since Jesus Christ gave his life on Calvary and made it possible, made it possible at that point that that men and women could be uh, uh, redeemed, bought back from sin, and and reconciled to God. Uh, He has commissioned his disciples. So so for the last 2,000 years, uh, they've been, been called to be witnesses, to to go and, and tell the good news. You know, when we think of a going and being sent and telling the good news, I think of a missionary. I think of a missionary. And that's the title of this morning's message is Be a Missionary. Be a Missionary. A missionary is one that is sent. A person that is sent by authority and has certain 
delegated authorities. They have a message. And, and as far as you and I are concerned, as missionaries, we've been sent. And we have delegated authority from the person that has all authority. Would you agree with that? And he empowers us with the Holy Spirit and he has given us a message. He has given us something to say. As we are missionaries, our purpose or our mission is to evangelize, is to be an evangelist. What is an evangelist? An evangelist is one who goes to a group of people or an individual who doesn't know the truth, who doesn't has not heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we simply tell them the good news of Jesus Christ. We simply tell them the gospel message. This is an, to evangelize. This is what it means to be an evangelist. If you're a believer here this morning, if you've come this morning, I don't know if you know this or not, but you've been called by the Savior by the Master, by our Master, by our Savior, to be an evangelist, to be a missionary, to be a missionary. Now, when I think of missions, uh, a lot of times we, we think of foreign missionaries or foreign missions, you know, leaving here and going there, where, wherever that is. And it's always inspiring to me to hear, uh, uh, missionaries are, are uh, true. Mis- the, the missionaries that go to the foreign field uh, have always been an inspiration to me. I mean, you know, can you imagine going maybe to somewhere that they speak a different language and have a different culture, and you begin to have to learn all that along with presenting the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? Uh, that would take the power of the Holy Spirit, wouldn't it? I mean, that would not be easy to begin to start a, a work for the Lord and, and, and a, in a place or a circumstance like that. But I think of in, in history uh, some great missionaries uh, that God has empowered and that God has used. There was a missionary to Africa whose name was David Livingston. He was a medical missionary. And he went to Africa with a great desire to spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He left Scotland and spent over 30 years in Africa. He went to many unreached people and and many unreached tribes and saw uh, many things that uh, for the first time no European had ever seen. And he preached the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He finally, after 30 years of ministry, he died of malaria and dysentery. But David Livingston, all all over Africa, he made a way, he paved a way for many missionaries that came after him and began to preach and teach all over Africa. I think of another great missionary whose name was George Mueller. George Mueller in the 1800s, he cared for over 10,000 orphans in a time when there was many orphans and many folks that were not, children were not being cared for or educated. He helped uh, start 117 schools there and helped to educate 120,000 children. He did this, and he was new to this, by just what he called faith promise giving. At that point in time, most uh, missions were supported by a denomination alone, but George Mueller decided that he would just go out by faith and anyone who wanted to give to this ministry, and he would just pray 
that the Lord would provide for these uh, projects that he had. And uh, through the years, he saw right in the nick of time, the Lord provide for him to feed all these orphans and to build these schools and to build these orphanages and, and all these things. He saw for years and years and years, he saw God come through right when he needed it. Right when he needed it. He would step out by faith. And during that time, he was able to take and lead so many and care for so many and uh, educate and to be able to uh, preach the gospel to thousands of England's children. I think of another great missionary whose name was Hudson Taylor. Hudson Taylor spent over 50 years as a missionary to China. Hudson Taylor uh, mastered the Chinese culture. In his life, at the end of his life, Hudson Taylor, uh, he influenced well over a hundred missionaries to go out and to give their life to be foreign missionaries. Hudson Taylor did. There's one that I think is uh, uh, really special. Her name was Amy Carmichael. Amy Carmichael, as a young lady, she wanted to be a missionary. and She went to many uh, different, uh, she's an Irish uh, lady. Uh, she went to many different mission boards. She really wanted to be a missionary to China. But these uh, mission boards, because of her health uh, conditions, they wouldn't accept her by herself, and she went to India. She went to India all on her own, and she spent 57 years in India with never returning home to her homeland. And she there spent time uh, rescuing orphans from live, lives of slavery and prostitution. She rescued many, many young girls and started these orphan homes just by faith. And uh, God used her in a great way. I think of, uh, you know, last week was uh, St. Patty's Day, right? St. Patrick's Day. And uh, there's a lot of different legends that have come out, but the truth of the matter is that uh, Patrick, he was, as a young person, he was kidnapped from his homeland in Britain and, and was sold into slavery in the, in the, in the Ireland. And while there, he was abused and, and, and not treated very well, but he there learned uh, the language. And he would pray, he said, every, every day or many times a day. And through this uh, hardship, through this turmoil, he gave his life to Jesus Christ and was converted and became a follower of Jesus Christ, became a Christian. Well, he finally escaped from Ireland, went back to his homeland and began to study the, the Bible. And he said that he had uh, dreams and even felt the calling of God on his life to go back to Ireland as a missionary. And so he did, and God used him in, in, a, in a land at that time in the 5th century. Ireland was just pagan, just pagan. And he traveled all over that uh, country preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and seeing many folks saved and, and, uh, and many churches started. I think these stories of, of examples of missionaries of the past and foreign missionaries are inspiring to me to see how God worked through individuals to show His grace and mercy. You know, the one thing that I know about God is that He's long-suffering and merciful. And the Bible says that he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 
And as we live in a world today, the darkness kind of uh, uh, is, is trying to, to, to get the light out. Christ is still sending messengers and sending missionaries and sending evangelists even into the darkest places to shine the glorious light of the Lord Jesus Christ. To bring grace and to bring mercy and to bring hope. Really, to bring hope. As, as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ, our greatest example of a missionary laid out by the Holy Spirit in the Scripture is Paul the Apostle. Paul the Apostle, uh, after giving his life to Jesus Christ and being converted on the road to Damascus, he turned into a preacher. He turned into a proclaimer of the good news. He turned into an evangelist. He turned into a missionary. And he began to travel for 30 years and three different missionary journeys. And he began to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We see that in the book of Acts, how that he went into uh, places... Uh, 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 in, in Asia and into Europe, like, uh, for instance, Philippi. And he went down there and he began to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And his first convert there in Philippi was a lady by the name of Lydia. She came to know Christ and her family. And then the second convert there was the Philippian jailer. The Philippian jailer and his family. And through those uh, couple families there, the church of Philippi started. We see that as Paul travels and begins these, uh, uh, in his missionary journey, he went to uh, Thessalonica and would go into the synagogue there and preach and proclaim Jesus Christ as God and Savior. And many folks came to know Christ there at Thessalonica and a church was started. That's the work of a missionary. He went into Corinth and preached for a year and a half and taught. And a church was started through that. He went into the pagan city of Ephesus, where the Bible says the whole city was given over to idol worship. And they all worshipped the goddess Diana. And he began to preach there the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And a church, by the power of the Holy Spirit, was started in Ephesus. These stories of of, uh, of, of missionaries of old and the stories of Paul the Apostle proclaiming the gospel and seeing folks saved. To me, I, that's, that's inspiring. That is inspiring. To see, I mean, you know, I don't know that there's anything greater that we ever could do than to be part of the Great Commission. If you could think of something that would be more important or a uh, better use of our time than proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ, just let me know. But my, my goodness, this is, this is the best thing that this world, it's the hope of the world. We believe that. The stories of, of things that are going on today, uh, uh, missions work in the Congo and New Guinea and India and uh, those uh, orphanages that uh, Wellspring was able to help uh, Mike Roberts built in Vietnam. These sort of things are, are exciting to me. They're exciting to me what God can do just in other places. But you know, not all of us, and actually most of us, are not going to be called as foreign missionaries to go to another place. Um, although I think it's good for all of us to somehow get involved and have a heart for missions, have a heart for foreign missions. You know, uh, when we began Wellspring at the beginning, and I still today pray that God would make us a church, that is a mission-minded church. A mission-minded... Hey, if we're not a mission-minded church, what are we? We don't have a mission. 
If there's no mission, then there's no purpose, right? And so we know our purpose. Our, we have three purposes. One of them is to glorify and uh, lift up Jesus Christ. The second is to be a great commissioned church. That's the mission. Mission. That's the evangelism part of it. And the third is to help each other as we grow and edify the body of Christ. But my desire is that we become a mission-minded church. And I thank God just the short amount of time that, that uh, we've had since the established this church. Is God has allowed us to get involved in, in missions. That's, I feel like it's a, it's a blessing. Some, I think it's a blessing when God brings opportunities along for us that allows us to be a part of. You know what that is? That's a co-labor with Jesus Christ. What, what an honor. What a blessing to be a part of something that is eternal. And that He gives us a chance to just come alongside of Him and be a part of something that's not just going to last down here. That will last for eternity. It's hard, isn't it? It's hard for us. Uh, you know, we need church. We need, we need Bible reading. We need Bible studies. You know why? Because if, if we don't have it for a little while, uh, we so quickly just become so earthly minded and mind the things of the earth and temple. And it takes, uh, it takes the power of the Lord to get our mind on heavenly things. I said it would be great if we had a heart for missions. You know, a lot of times our eyes affect our heart. It would be good for some of us to see uh, uh, foreign missions. If we ever had a chance to go and see what, what the Lord is doing in other countries with folks that have absolutely nothing. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19 through 21, the Bible says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. You know, that is really, Christ said these, these words and that's a really hard one, isn't it? Isn't that seem like so much that uh, in America how we're so blessed that you and I, we don't work every day just to eat. God's blessed us so much that it's easy for us to provide for our own food, but yet even to then lay up treasures on earth. And so often that that's what we're thinking about, more than just our own daily food and our raiment. And hey, again, you know that I, I, I believe that it, there's no guilt in having things and having treasures on earth, but hey, don't have that to be our mindset and our whole goal and the whole purpose. Hey, don't have that be our mission in life. To lay up treasures on earth. He says, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. He says, hey, there's a better place to lay up treasures. There's a better purpose for life. There's a, there's a more fulfilling calling that God's called us to. He says, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where Neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where's your heart this morning? Where's your heart this morning? I believe that when we support foreign missions, that we're laying up treasures in heaven. I do believe in rewards in heaven. I believe that the Bible tells us that we can take the earthly things and the earthly talents and the earthly abilities that God's given us here and we can offer them up to Christ and begin to lay up treasures in heaven eternally. Uh, but you know what? It's hard to remember that from time to time, isn't it? It's hard to remember that. The reason for the mission is evangelism, the good news, to let others know you know, 
it's easy to think about foreign missions uh, and say, yeah, well, you know, that, that's what uh, that country needs to hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But anywhere God's put us, and everywhere God's put us, needs to hear the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's just as important that the people in this city, in this town, this area, here as it is the folks in the Congo. Would you agree with that? It's just as important. God cares just as much about us and our family and our, our towns and our people that we come in contact with. And you know what? You can be a missionary, or let me say it better this way, you are a missionary where God's put you. And if there's nothing that you take away from this message other than you already are a missionary, commissioned by God, just some folks don't take it all that serious. You don't have to go to the Congo. You don't have to go to uh, 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 New Guinea. You don't have to go to India to be a missionary. You know that there's so many folks that you and I come into contact every day that uh, they don't know the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, in America? In America. There's folks in the high school over here that have never heard of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that. And I believe that there's folks in this town, in these areas, that our family, if we begin to make that our mission, our mission to witness and to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ, that we could see folks saved. You know, when someone leaves here and goes, put yourself in a foreign missionary's uh, uh, shoes. If you were to leave here and go there, uh, what would you do? You'd begin to make contacts, right? And you begin to interact with folks in the village or the town or the place. And then you would slowly but surely begin to offer the light of Jesus Christ. Offer the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, you and I can do that with not leaving home. We should be doing that. Without leaving home, you and I can begin to be a missionary here and now. The folks that you know need to know about Jesus Christ. And again, you know, I'm not talking about beating anyone over the head with the Bible I'm talking about being sensitive to the Holy Spirit and seeing the needs of people and having a heart for missions, a heart for people. In other words, having people on your heart that you're praying for to come to know Christ. When I think of a a mission, I think of a... a, In order to have a mission, you have to have a what? No one has a mission without a what? A plan, right? A plan. Think about it. If it's a mission, it's a plan. It's somewhat planned out. And the Lord is kind of showed us how to be fishers of men, how to be a light in this world. Think about it this way as, as, as parents, uh, having a mission to see our children saved. What, what better thing than to introduce our children to the Lord Jesus Christ? Amen. When they come to age, what greater thing could we give them? Now, I'm not talking about just making sure they're in church. I'm not talking about trying to give them some sort of a form of religion. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about introducing them to the Lord Jesus Christ so that the Holy Spirit of God lives inside of them. And no matter where they go in the world, no matter what happens, that they can take Christ with them, in them. I believe that uh, uh, the heart of of young children, little children, are are tender. And as as we understand that as uh, folks get older, uh, sometimes their hearts get harder. Would you agree with that? 
easier to, when ch children are small and young, to be able to lead them and introduce them to a relationship with Christ. I'm just talking sincere. I'm not just trying to say just for, for, you know, just lead children to Christ. That would be easy to do. But when a child is old enough and begins to understand that they're a sinner and that there's a God and He's made a payment for their sin, well, what better thing could we do than to introduce our children to the Lord Jesus Christ? Let me say that. You know, let me say that's a good mission. That's a good purpose in life. It'd be a great missionary to be able to lead your own children to Christ, wouldn't it? What about the folks in our in our home? What about the folks in our workplace? The folks that, that, that we work around. You know, a mission starts small. It starts with a desire. Just like Paul when he led Lydia to Christ. Or when he led the Philippian jailer. It's only one or two at a time. But you know, that makes a huge difference. That, that makes a huge difference in their eternity. A huge difference in their eternity. You know, we as a church, we have to have a, we have to have a mission. And our mission uh, is to see folks saved. Our mission is to see folks come to know Christ, whether that's uh, lost folks that we invite, folks that don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, to come in here on a Sunday morning and hear the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and to be obedient to the gospel on a Sunday morning, or if that's just us as individuals in our individual lives being able to go out and to tell others about Jesus Christ and see folks saved. In our lives. That can happen, can't it? It does happen, doesn't it? You know, we, we plan on in the next year or so to, to, to build a new building. But let me just say this, as a, as a church, that's not a good enough purpose, just to build a building. Just to have another building that's a little bigger. You know what the purpose is? Is the folks that will come to fill so that we can have a, a greater impact on the world, a greater impact on foreign missions and, and here locally. It'll be the folks that fill that church that right now don't know Christ as their Lord and Savior. But through our church, through, through our desire to see folks come to know Christ and through our taking it upon ourselves to be an evangelist, taking it upon ourselves to be a missionary at, at our own workplace, in our own home, that we by faith believe that the Lord's going to bring some folks and see some... What, be, what better thing could we do? Hey, it's springtime. Uh, I, 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 I like the springtime. I, I, I just would uh, be, be grateful if the Lord would allow us to see some folks come to know Christ in springtime. So he's kind of like a new life. New life out there, the grass starts growing, the flowers come up. Wouldn't it be nice to see some folks to have a new life in Christ? Isn't it exciting when someone gets saved and, and how excited they are? Can you remember when you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior? Remember how exciting it was, the peace and the joy that you felt that you didn't even know was possible? When you realized that your sins were forgiven? When you realized that you're one with Christ? And the new life that comes because of Christ? Wouldn't it be great to see it with some others uh, here this spring, this springtime? Jonas, when he was here, the missionary to, to the Congo, he said with, uh, with such passion, I, I, I don't know how else to say it, but he said it with such passion that, that the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ was the only hope for the Congo. 
He said that radical Islam was coming in and offering food to have folks come and fight and taking over their villages and things like that. And he said the only hope, the only hope for that area was, it is, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, and he said this church that would be planting there in that village, he said it will be saved now from that because the chief accepted Christ and so many of the village accepted Christ and won't allow that to come in. You know what I say? That the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ isn't just the hope for the Congo. It's the hope for, for this world. Christ is the light of the world. It's the hope for our homes. It's the hope for our families. It's the hope for this church. It's the hope for this community. He's the light of the world. He is the way, the truth, and the life. In conclusion of this message, this uh, just a sobering thought. What is your field? Where is your field? Who is your field? Who's God calling you to? Who's God putting on your heart to go and to tell the good news? What is your mission? You know, in business, a lot of times when we are wanting work, we go out, we leave the four walls of our office building or something like that, right? And we pursue it, don't we? Pursue business. Would you agree with that? And I believe that that the mission field is outside these four walls. The mission field is when we walk outside here today. And the folks that we come into contact with, that's our mission and, and, and there needs to be a, a little bit of pursuing. He says uh, he calls us to be fishers of men, right? Well, if you're going to be a, fisher, a fisherman, you have to go to where the fish are at. You have to take some fishing gear and you have to go with somewhat of an idea that you're going fishing. Or you could live years and years and years and never catch a fish. Let me ask you this. In your, in your life, in your circle of influence, is there a need? Is there a need? Do you know some folks that need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ? You know what we need? We need the power of the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us and to empower us to preach that message with grace and love. To shine that light where He's called us to do it. When you have a mission, you have a plan. Here's the plan. Here's how we we get ready to be a missionary, to be an evangelist, we first we pray. You can't do anything without the Lord. The Bible says without me you can do nothing. And if we're going to do anything that's going to be eternal or lasting, boy, we need prayer. We need prayer. Then we need to prepare. We need to prepare our own selves and prepare our own hearts and, and, and to be skillful in the Word of God a little bit. And, and to be ready to give an answer in the hope of, that lieth within us. We need to prepare ourselves as missionaries and evangelists to proclaim the good news. And then lastly, you have to go. You have to go. You just, eventually, you're just going to have to do it. Eventually, we're just going to have to open up our mouths and say, Hey, can I tell you about what Jesus Christ did for me? Can I tell you about when I didn't know Christ and when I was lost? And then I accepted Jesus Christ as my own personal Savior. And this is what He's done for me since. And this is how I know He forgave me. And this is how I know He saved me. It's our testimony. That's how we become witnesses of our, for our Lord Jesus Christ. God will answer prayer. I believe that if we pray, that if we pray, Lord, put us into the harvest, that He will. 
Christ says in Luke chapter 10 and verse 2, Therefore said he unto them, The harvest truly is great. Would you, believe, would you believe that? The harvest is great, that there's a great need out there in our community and in our world, that there's a harvest. You know what's easy sometimes for us, and we're all guilty of this, is to become self-centered. And to think that our Christianity is all about what can God do for us, and how can God enrich our lives, and how can God make us better, and how can God, really, a lot of times we think, how can God make my life comfortable? But to step back and say, Lord, there's a harvest out there. And you've promised me eternity with you. And you've promised me eternity in heaven. So I can work for you here. I'll volunteer as a laborer here. I'll volunteer for a laborer to be a laborer in your field and in your harvest here and now. He says, uh, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. And then he says this, pray ye. Therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. You say, what's my first step of becoming this missionary? Right now, right here, leaving here today, in my heart, believing that I am a missionary. That I'm called to be an evangelist for the Lord Jesus Christ. What's the first step? Pray. 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 Pray that the Lord would would open up doors. Pray that the Lord would make a way for us to be a a witness. Hopefully this message will ignite us and give us and show us that we all have a bit of a responsibility and awareness to our calling, a little bit of urgency and, and tenacity to what the Lord has called us to do, to realize that we're called missionaries. Our mission starts right now, today. As soon as we walk outside these doors.